Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fry Bites podcast. Um, I just had a great uh, interview session with Sonia Looney. She is a world champion endurance athlete, health coach, and podcast host. Um, and she is also a mother and a wife. Um, and we talk about all things resilience, grit, uh, triumphing through our failures, uh, the lessons we learned from it, um, and not uh, apologizing for wearing as many hats um, that you would like to focus on, or if you're you know passionate about all those, um, to definitely you know pursue them. Um, so you don't want to miss this episode. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, nuggets um, you know for this session, and uh, we'll see you inside. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you decided to share just a few precious moments with us today, and I am very, very, very appreciative. Um, today, we have a wonderful um, episode. I am joined by the wonderful Sonia Looney, and she is a world champion endurance athlete, health coach, and podcast host of The Sonia Looney Show. Uh, she's acquired her master's degree in electrical and biomedical engineering and her certificate in plant-based nutritional studies from Cornell University. And, uh, she is a global, um, globe trader, um, and also a, uh, pro, um, biking athlete. And she has raced the longest and hardest races in over 20 uh, countries across the globe. Um, including the infamous Yak Attack, which is the highest mountain bike race on earth. Um, and she's also had her podcast, which is um, uh, featured over 200 episodes, concentrating on minus nutrition and high performance. Um, and she also started her own apparel brand, Moxie and Grit, about one and a half years ago. Um, and she's also founded her own plant-based community called Plant Powered Academy, uh, which has an active Facebook group of over 2,300 uh, members. And, uh, you know, we can go on and on uh, about her entire resume. So without further ado, please welcome Sonia. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for sharing your energy with me. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super, super excited. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, I know you're traveling, um, you know, at the moment. Can you share with us where you're calling from? I am calling from Boulder, Colorado. I moved here initially in 2005 to pursue my dream to become a pro mountain biker. But to pursue that dream, I actually was in the PhD program for electrical engineering at CU Boulder thinking, hey, I can have some flexibility. I can you know, get an advanced degree and I can go after my dream of being a pro mountain biker because putting yourself in a community where everybody is going for similar dreams helps you connect. And that was really important for me to move here way back when. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to be back. 
Nice, nice, nice. I've uh, I have a sister that graduated um, out of uh, Colorado State University in Fort Collins, and so you know, it's Colorado's a beautiful state. Um, you know, for all all types of thrill seekers and adventure goers. So uh, that's awesome that you had that time there. Um, so we'll start out from the beginning. Um, for those that our audience that doesn't know you, I like to kind of take our guests from point A to point B. So, you know, your, your main, you know, love, uh, you know, gleaning from your website is really revolving around, um, uh, biking, you know, mountain biking specifically. And so how did you come to find, uh, biking? How did your love for it, uh, first start? It started from being open and being, be basically brave enough to go after an opportunity. So I didn't grow up riding bikes. I didn't even know that biking or mountain biking or cycling was a sport growing up. I played tennis and I wanted to be a pro tennis player. Um, but then I got injured playing tennis in high school and I started going to the gym just to do cross training. And I saw this guy running on a treadmill and I thought running, hmm, interesting. And then these girls that I admired in my calculus class, my senior year said, Hey, like you should try running a marathon. Marathons are cool. So I thought, well, maybe I'll go try and run a marathon. <laughs> so uh, long story long, I found biking through marathon running because I got injured running because I didn't know how to train, started to go to spin class at the gym. And then when I was in college in my undergrad, some guys from my work invited me to go mountain biking. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, I did my first race and that was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> mm. What was that first race like? Uh, it was interesting because I think that endurance sports give you confidence and specifically running um, was something that gave me confidence in myself that I didn't have growing up. So running a marathon empowered me to go after my first mountain bike race. And I wasn't super nervous about it. And I signed up and it was the New Mexico State Championship. And this is, you know, in 2003. And I thought, okay, well, there's, there's three categories. There's basically the pro and expert are combined. There's sport and there's beginner. And the difference was the caliber of people signed up and the length of the race. And there was nobody in the sport category. So I thought, wow, I just got to sign up for the sport category and then I can win the race, which <laughs> is really funny now, like <laughs> thinking back to that mindset that I had. But that's what I did. I signed up for the sport category. I had no idea what I was doing. I was the last person to come across the line Everybody was gone except for me and the race promoter. And I thought, that was awesome. I got to do this again. And I went and I spent my life savings on a, a proper mountain bike because at the time I was riding a bike that wasn't really meant for racing. And I, again, surrounded myself with people who, um, who had the same dreams as me. And it helped me have the courage to go after something that no one in my family or nobody that I even knew had heard of. And... I think that's really important whenever you're trying to pursue big things in your life, because it can be, there can be people that put roadblocks in front of you, or you could be putting roadblocks in front of you and having supportive community can really help um, elevate what you're doing. Right, right. That's awesome. Because, um, you know, I, I like the fact that you didn't really hesitate, it seemed like, you know, even though you came in last, that was your first, you know, race, you were, you know, you signed up, you know, in a category that not many people signed up to be, and yet you still felt enough, you know, motivation to continue. Um, I think that's awesome. Did your, you know, any of your own family and friends, like, were there any like naysayers or, or, you know, say like, you know, Sonia, this is probably not a good idea. You know, you should probably just continue pursuing, you know, your engineering, you know, did, did, did you have any naysayers? Yeah. The people closest to me were my naysayers, my parents, and they'll be the first to admit that that is the case because 
people want the best for you. The people in your family want the best for you. And oftentimes the best for you is what they know. They have their own, you know, lens on life and what work for them. And they say, well, if you do this thing, then that's going to work for you too. And everybody in my family was engineers. So I thought, well, that's the path for me. And then whenever I started seeing this other path, it scared my family. They said, well, this is really like, you're not going to be able to make it as a pro mountain biker. Like you're, you want to be a professional athlete, a really small percentage of people can actually even do that. And then to be successful at it is an even smaller percentage. So you should go the safe route and do this thing that has a known outcome. And they, yeah, they said, this is a hobby. Like you just shouldn't go after this, but I, I had to, it was something that I knew that if I didn't go for it, I would regret it. And I was so passionate about it that I just, I just couldn't stop myself. It wasn't a choice. I, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that also, you know, um, you know, gleaning from, you know, your story is that, uh, you know, that didn't stop you from, you know, pursuing your engineering studies. Um, I also read that, you know, you took up marketing as well. You'd had, you know, a job there um, and obviously your professional career. What did you learn, you know, having to have worn all these different hats? And obviously we know that you have, you know, your true love is the pro mountain biking, but what did you learn from, you know, having your foot, you know, at least dipped in, you know, to these different, uh, you know, industries? Well, initially I had to have my foot dipped into all of those different industries because a lot of professional endurance athletes, regardless of what the sport is, whether it's triathlon, running, biking, it's not like you become a pro and then you're making all this money. A lot of professional athletes have to work at the same time because the sponsorship opportunity and prize money isn't enough to just do that thing. So initially I had to do the other, um, the other jobs. And I'm glad that I did because it taught me time management and going to grad school, working two jobs and being a pro mountain biker. I really had to learn time management skills, but Mm. also it's, it's the identity question because when you're super focused and passionate about something, it could become your sole identity. And that could be really threatening whenever every single time you line up for a race, that identity is on the line. So for me, having multiple facets and multiple interests in my life helps keep me grounded. And for some people that doesn't work, like they need to have a very singular focus whenever they're driving towards a goal. But for me, that gives me the freedom to explore other interests, but to also hold this other thing that I'm really passionate about close to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. You know, um, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, I do podcasting, but you know, I also write. You're also a freelance writer as your, yourself. Um, I've done, you know, uh, triathlons uh, myself. I enjoy running a lot, so I can definitely understand how it's important, um, at least in terms of an identity point of view, to be able to. Uh, in a way, creatively express yourself, you know, Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't come from a long line of people in one singular, you know, profession. But culturally speaking, you know, um, you know, they do, you know, want you to kind of go through uh, certain, you know, categories of work or profession, you know. Um, And so I understand what it feels like to also be in a box and the need to want to get out of that box as well. So I definitely resonate with you in terms of, um, you know, wanting to wear, you know, different hats that kind of, you know, uh, represent, you know, who you are. Yeah. And I think wearing the different hats gives you the opportunity to continue to evolve because Mm -hmm. I think one of our number one desires as humans is growth. And if you, if you limit yourself to one thing, it might be really hard to have growth in your life. And it's scary because making changes isn't easy. And to make a change, you often have to leave something behind because, a lot of us want to do everything, myself included, but I've learned the hard way multiple times. You can do like, this is the quote, you can do 
anything, but not everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite um, sayings from my own mother um, is that, you know, there was a time where I was just trying to grab everything and try to do everything all at once. And so, you know, she'll say to me, son, it, you know, what you're trying to do um, is kind of like, you know, grabbing sand right? You can't grab every grain and morsel. Everything is just going to fall through. So it's, uh, I come to find, I'm sure you've done this as well, is, you know, you kind of just narrow down to a selected few and then you just, you know, kind of give it, you know, your best. So, and then, you know, it's, you know, proof <laughs> you've done, you know, it sounds like you've done very, very well. Yeah, it might sound like I am not narrowed down based on the bio that you read. It probably sounds like I do everything and people ask me like, well, how do you manage all these things? And I also have a two-year-old and a baby and people are like, how are you doing all these things? But I don't do all of them all the time. I have I have times where I'm very focused on, say, my training and my racing. And that that is a time that is right now uh, because it's the race season. And that might mean that some of my other projects are not getting as much attention as I would like mm -hmm. to give them. And I have to be okay letting that go a little bit, but also knowing that there'll be other times of focus where I will be going back to those things and focusing maybe a little bit less over here. And that's what I call having intentional imbalance. Everybody's always striving for balance and that's, that's not going to work. It's, it's being intentional with the choices that you make and the things that you want to have a, as a priority, but it can be really hard to know what your priority is. And your actions also might be different than what you think your priorities are. So paying attention to what you are spending your time on versus what you're saying you want to spend your time on can help bring some some clarity there to what it is that you should or want to be spending your time on. Yeah. So on that point, um, you know, for those that, you know, haven't really kind of, you know, prioritize, you know, a selective few of what they want to focus on, right? You know, is part of, you know, what you went through, um, you know, a part of it is a lot of experimenting to kind of see like, oh, you know, this is what I really want to, you know, spend my life towards or spend a good amount of chunk of time towards. Would, would you say there was a, a bit of experimentation um, during that time when you went through that phase? I'd say it's it's about values and it's about what's important to you. So, I mean, I'll be honest. Initially, when I was a pro mountain biker, like when I first started, my number one goal was to win races and to prove to others that I was good and that I was lovable and that I had value in the world. And that was based on these outcomes. And that wasn't a healthy place to be coming from. Mm. And there's a number of reasons why it was the way it was. I definitely have grown out of that. And because of, because of that time that I spent in that sort of deprivation space, I now can help others who feel that same um, desire to prove themselves with results, with career, like a career accolades. It's, it's hard. Um, so now, you know, my primary focus is to help people find their best, to help people unlock what makes them feel empowered and happy yeah. and fulfilled in their lives on a daily basis. And I do that through all of these different mediums. So you mentioned that, you know, you're a writer and you have your podcast, there's all these different things that you do and there's different ways to creatively express what that is. And that's what has helped it evolve for me is what, what's basically, what do I like? How do I like receiving mm -hmm. information? And that's what made me start my podcast five years ago. I really love listening to other podcasts. And I thought this really brings a lot of value to my life. So how, maybe I can help others, you know, bring value to others' lives with this medium. And that's what all of my projects, all the different things that I do, just they come in different in different um, mediums. But I just want to be able to connect with people to find their best because I really believe that taking on challenges in your life, it doesn't have to be a sport, but just going after that thing that you want to go after that maybe people don't even think you can do. Maybe you don't even think you can do. That's how you figure out who you are. 
And that is how you can figure out what you're capable of. And if you never jump off the edge and you never try, you never even dip your toe in the water, there's going to be so much life that you haven't lived. And I, I've done this time and time with all the different things that I've done. Most of us don't know what we're doing when we're getting started. Most of us don't actually know the path forward. And if you wait to know until you're certain, then you're probably going to be waiting for a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, man, there's so much to kind of uh, talk to about that. I mean, I'm a huge traveler myself. I've learned a lot, you know, having, you know, touched every continent. Um, and I'm also a big scuba diver. So I totally resonate with what you're saying in terms of, you know, what you're actually channeling, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, it's that, you know, putting enough time through it and having, you know, time with it, that growth, having those missteps and, you know, quote unquote failures and stuff and growing from that and learning all those lessons is really the key values from all of that. But it doesn't happen, like you said, until you actually experience it. And you could read all the books you want, you can, you know, listen to, you know, whoever, but until you actually, you know, experience it yourself, I think that's where the real, um, you know, gold, you know, is, you know, in terms of the values and wisdom that you gain. Yeah, you can read a book or a 1000 books on how to play piano, but it's touching those keys that's going to teach you how to play piano. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so let's go back to the biking. And, um, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, resilience and grit and failure. And I would love to, you know, uh, take a couple examples, you know, what was your, you know, lowest point, you know, during your professional career thus far? And what was your highest point? And what, what kind of lessons did you learn from both of those cases? Hey, guys, we're gonna be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me and actually see me one-on-one, um, the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one and uh, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, we can talk about your physical health, anything from food to lifestyle to diet to setting up your kitchen to cooking preparation to grocery shopping to your mental health. Um, I think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary, what are the best supplementations if necessary. And we do all this in a very concise manner and it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And um, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you want to see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here uh, at The Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. I'd say there's been lots of low points and lots of high points. There hasn't been like one specific um, peak or valley. But the biggest low points that I've had have come from burnout. It's come from trying to do too much, coming from saying yes to too many opportunities or training too hard. And the biggest lessons that I learned from that is that I asked myself, why am I doing it? And a lot of times whenever I do too much, it's because I'm insecure. I'm trying to prove something, again, prove something to myself or to somebody else. 
that, well, maybe if I just do more, then I'm going to be more. And the problem with that is that you do more to be more, but then you are lost chasing this feeling that you're never actually going to feel. And I think that you have to have touched that hot stove in order to know what that feels like. I, I could sit here all day long and say, oh, you know, accomplishments are, aren't everything that you think that they are. Um, you're not going to ever really feel the way that you want to feel just by chasing accomplishments. But before you experience that, it's really hard to actually put that into practice. Um, so for me, it comes down to asking again, why am I doing this? And then making sure that it's a bigger reason outside of myself. And you might need to go through that experience of doing the thing that is, you know, trying to prove yourself and then realizing that, Hey, there's actually more to this than that. Right. Right. I think a lot of times, um, you know, when we go through these, you know, ups and downs, um, it's a lot of it is, you know, we're conditioned to not wanting to fail, right. Not wanting to trip up, not even wanting to take the risk. And I think that's where most of the rewards come from. Um, and I think, you know, we don't actually push ourselves to take the first step. It's just literally, you know, taking the first step. Like you said, you know, some of us don't even know um, how to even start or where to even, you know, get resources and, you know, stuff like that. But it's just starting is really the key part of it. And, um, you know, I love, you know, not just the fact that, you know, you've, you know, raced in so many beautiful countries and, you know, treacherous terrains, I'm sure. Um, but it's the fact that, you know, I admire the fact that you just, you know, go for it. Um, even though um, that, you know, there are challenges, but it's about meeting them head on and then figuring out how to circumvent those. Yeah, I recorded a podcast earlier. I think it was this year. It was called The Power of Picking Yourself. And Whenever you decide to do something, even if you don't know exactly what it's going to look like, that's you choosing yourself. A lot of times we wait for somebody else to say, hey, like you're good enough to start a podcast or you're good enough to be a pro mountain biker or you're good enough to go to medical school. But you have to decide that for yourself and you have to take that action. And that's how I've been able to pivot and do all these different things is I just, I just get started and I try and I'm willing to show up and have it be messy. And, but it takes confidence to say, Hey, I'm going to figure this out as I go along. And I do think that that happens by doing so self-efficacy is looking back at past positive experiences to help you have more confidence. So if you're struggling with that, start very, very small. What is the smallest thing that you've done recently? Or even if you can't even think of something recently, what is the last thing that you've done where you felt that you were confident and you felt good about that decision and that you learned from it. And then just keep building upon that with very small steps. That's a huge part of health coaching too. It's, it's about mm-hmm. um, like very small action steps and action. So I help people break down their goal into the smallest possible, possible um, action step. And some people think it sounds really silly, like, Oh, the small, really small thing, but it can, the smallest things can be really hard. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and that's how you build trust in yourself. Yeah. And um, I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, um, you know, you take on clients, you have an academy, you have the podcast. So there's a huge teaching component, you know, part of, uh, as part of, um, you know, of what you do. You know, what do you say to people that, you know, uh, you know, let's just say they try and for example, they don't succeed on the first try. But then, you know, they get into their own head and say to themselves, oh, man, you know, I've already failed. You know, what's the point of, you know, keep going or pursuing this, you know, anymore? Um, For me, whenever I counsel patients or clients, it's, you know, a lot of times it's the biggest hump. You know, it's kind of like pushing that big boulder over that hill before you get that forward momentum, right? But when they're stuck at, 
you know, the boulder isn't moving, you know, what do you, you know, say to people like that? First is breaking it down. Like maybe your expectations or the goal that you set is too big of a goal. It's too big and you're not able to even make a, not even to push that boulder one centimeter, like set a goal that is, that is challenging, but enough where you can get some momentum with that boulder. And if you fail, maybe the goal was too big. Um, but if you fail at it, like that's also part of the process and the outcome is not the thing that you're trying to chase. It's the daily actions. It's the process of what you're trying to achieve. So like, say you're a patient with, you know, type two diabetes and you need to start making some lifestyle changes. Like what is the smallest thing that you could do to put you into action in order to start gaining momentum in that direction? Um, and it's, it's so common for people to want to just do everything all at once. And also like, what are the daily actions that you can do? You might not see results right away with some of these things that you're doing, but what is something that you can do every single day or once a week that's going to help you get an identity, like maintain the identity of the thing that you're trying to become? So what are the habits of somebody um, who's doing the thing that you want to do? And then the the word failure becomes a little bit more nebulous because it's not just based on one thing. It's based on, you know, what are the, what, what trajectory, what direction am I going? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Can you share with an example, um, you know, something either from your biking journey, um, or um, because I know you worked with like different companies and partnerships, um, you know, I would imagine there's no roadmap, you know, in terms of, you know, getting to, you know, those types of positions and roles and opportunities. But has there been a moment where you felt like you really, really, um, you know, gave to the point, you know, you went to the point of wanting to give up, right? And how did you get yourself, you know, out of that mindset? I want to give up all the time. If you're pushing yourself, like I did a hundred mile mountain bike race two weeks ago, and it was my first race back after having, you know, two little kids and the pandemic. And in the first hour, I thought, man, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is really hard. And I think step one is acceptance of that feeling. It's not, there's nothing wrong if you're feeling that way it's normal to feel like you want to quit whenever you're doing something hard. It's normal to want to give up. Um, so just holding space for that, but then saying, okay, well, you know, what does the next step look like? Instead of thinking I have, you know, eight more hours to go. It's like, well, what does the next five minutes look like? And this is, this is kind of coming up as a theme <laughs> of all the things I'm talking about is mm -hmm. breaking it down into something that is digestible and achievable and putting yourself into action instead of rumination. Like I have, to, I manage all my own sponsorships and, that can be really hard. That can be really mm -hmm. challenging because a lot of it is based on relationship and some of it is kind of based on luck. So whenever you're doing everything and it seems like you're not moving forward and it seems like, oh, I should just give up because this isn't even worth it. It's knowing that you might just be on a plateau and it's it's not giving up. It's, it's going and going um, and having that resilience is what will get you there. And there's a great mm -hmm. analogy that I like. It's about an ice cube melting. It's like the ice is going to be sitting in the room and it's going to be very slowly melting. And then eventually it's going to reach that temperature where it actually starts melting or when you're chipping away at a rock and it's like that thousandth, the thousandths or two thousandths, <laughs> it's hard to say blow that finally breaks that rock open. And you might just be right before that, that blow that's going to break that rock open. But if you're so, it, it, but if you are to the point where you want to give up, like maybe you just need to take a little bit of a break, sometimes a break, sometimes like stepping back and zooming out and dialing out, can help you gain perspective and, and giving your mind a chance to rest can help you get your best ideas. And there's a lot of science behind that. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm very curious because you you're well traveled, and I'm sure you come across a lot of athletes from different walks of life in different countries. And you know, being as an American, um, you know, we were talking offline, and you grew up in uh, you know New Mexico. Um, you know, our society, you know, we know, you know, it's kind of no pain, no gain mentality. You know, push, 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 go, 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 have no breaks, right? Whereas, you know, when I've traveled and you know I observed and you know learned about from other countries, um, you know, they give themselves break. They take long holidays and long stretches and stuff. Uh, what if you know? Has there been something similar? that, you know, you've seen, um, from other athletes, you know, do they do, do they constantly push themselves or do they are, are they more, uh, I guess, kinder or gentler to themselves and actually incorporate breaks and, you know, the, 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 the pauses in between. Well, I think this is the paradox of being a high performer is that high performers are incredibly driven, incredibly focused and work really, really hard. But it takes courage to put on the brakes and to accept that the rest is part of the work. The rest is part of the work. You need to take that time in order to get better. And, you know, when it comes to sports, like you're out there training and that's not the part that's actually going to make you faster. That, that part's breaking down your muscles. Like if you're in the gym or you're out running, it's the rest that helps you gr- build back s- stronger. And the same goes in for, for mental and, and knowledge work. Like you, you can push yourself to the limit, but you need to be able to take that break in order to, um, in order to get better. But the question is ask yourself, like, what am I getting from this? What am I getting from driving myself into the ground? And what am I getting from this whenever I rest and how am I showing up after that? And asking yourself powerful questions can be a a first step into acknowledging if you are charging too hard, if you do need to take a break, um, because that, that is a drum that I beat hard is that it's important to work hard, but it's also important to, to have that rest, mm-hmm. um, and to not fill that rest with other things. And to ask yourself, like, if you are working so hard and you're afraid to take a break, like, why are you afraid to take a break? And then mm-hmm. starting to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I think the theme to this is really just breaking things down into small, as small as pieces as possible or actionable steps. I think that's really, um, you know, the biggest takeaway for me um, to, to kind of, you know, go on that long journey, you know, whatever that is for you. Um, so um, the next thing I'd love to learn about is uh, your podcast and your academy. And uh, I know you focus a lot on plant-based, you know, nutrition and lifestyle. What motivated you to um, start these two things? Because I'm sure it wasn't an overnight thing. This took a lot of work. Um, podcasting myself, you know, uh, for over three years, you know, it takes a lot of work, you know, like what, what inspired you to, um, you know, create these things for um, the people that you serve? Yeah, I wanted to create a podcast because it was such a great opportunity Number one, selfishly, because whenever you have a podcast, if you want to be prepared for the podcast episode, you have to learn a lot. So one of my values is I love learning. I love like absorbing information. So by doing that and then interviewing somebody, that's going to number one, help me, but it's also going to help everybody else that's going to learn from these things. And I think audio is such a great way to learn because I don't know if anybody listening has experienced this, but like if I'm listening to a podcast when I'm on my bike, especially if I go by that section of trail again the next day or even a week later, I'll remember what I heard. Like my mind mapped it to Mm. that section. Mm. So there's like something that's interesting. I don't know the science of it, but in the, in your mind, whenever you're listening to something and maybe when you're moving, your mind kind of maps that information and helps you remember it better. Or maybe that's just how I learn. 
Um, so that's something that's been really helpful, but yeah, it is hard to start a podcast. It is hard to start. Um, I have, I have the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy, which is a mental toughness training course for athletes. And I also have the Plant Powered Academy, which is, you know, helping people who just want to make small changes. You don't have to be hundred percent plant-based. It's about just like getting the information again, surrounding yourself with people that are going to support you. Like I mentioned in the beginning and yeah, I just, I just wanted to help. And coming from a place of wanting to help gives you a little bit of freedom for it to be messy and for it to not be perfect whenever you get started. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I really love the fact that, you know, you've uh, done so much and experienced so much for yourself that you've decided to be able to give back and share with, um, a larger, a larger, you know, broader community. So, um, you know, they'll be able to kind of, you know, gain as much, uh, insights and, uh, we'll definitely show, um, you know, share the, uh, the links to the show and the Academy, um, in the show notes when it airs. So last but not least, we're coming to a close, you know, Sonia, thank you so much. I really appreciate, you know, um, uh, everything that you've, uh, become and have done and acquired. I know you're going to do, uh, you know, way more. What are, um, I guess three things that you do, you know, this podcast is about creating a thriving mindset. So for you, what is part of your, I guess, uh, self-care routine, morning routine, evening routine that you do for yourself, um, you know, uh, in addition that we haven't talked about, that's part of your daily practice. I'd like to say that I have this beautiful, elaborate routine, but I have a four month old baby. So she's kind of in charge of my routine right now. But number one, my number one most important thing is to prioritize sleep. And that is because I think that's the foundation of everything. If you're not rested, you can't make good decisions and you don't feel good. You don't show up as your best self. So what can you do to to sleep more? And sometimes that means <laughs> hiding the remote and not watching Netflix or finding a way to make it so it doesn't you know, advance to the next show or finding, a way, <laughs> finding ways to you know, prioritize going to bed a little bit earlier. Because I don't know about you, but I show up as my best self when I prioritize sleep. So that is probably the the number one self-care ritual that I'm focused on. Number two, it's it's what I eat. It's making sure that there is good, healthy food available to me in my house, whether I've purchased it or whether I've made it myself or my husband's made it. That is like another keystone habit that and foundation that makes me show up as my best. So sleep and eating, I eat a whole foods plant-based diet. Um, you can do it easily and cheaply if, if you want to, but those are the two things I focus on and they help me be my best. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. Um, I think sleep out of, you know, all the pillars, um, you know, is really the, uh, you know, the least talked about and un uh, under, uh, underestimated and underrated, uh, for sure. And I'm sure, you know, um, as a mother, um, you know, <laughs> it's like the only thing you look forward to. <laughs> um, and Netflix, uh, I just hate the fact that, you know, they put every, they dump everything once they release it to you, you know, all at once, you're like, crap. <laughs> it's really hard to escape the Netflix gravity whenever you're watching a series that you really like. And I've definitely, yeah, it's that. like what happened to, you know, you know, cable TV, you know, <laughs> format where you're like, oh, I have to wait a week for, you know, you, that anticipation yeah. <laughs> and that anticipation is fun too. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking about, oh, what is this plot going to happen and blah, blah, blah. So anyway. Um, so thank you, Sonia, so much, uh, for being here with us. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, what you have coming down, um, the pike per se, what is your next race, um, that, that you're about to do? 
Uh, I'm doing kind of a training race race this weekend in Steamboat Springs, but my next big race is called the Breck Epic and it's in Breckenridge, Colorado. Um, the whole race, it's six days above 10,000 feet. So now that I live at sea level, like when I did the yak attack, the highest race on earth, I lived in Colorado. So I was, a, I was used to being at high, higher altitudes, certainly not used to being at 18,000 feet, but I was used to higher wow. altitudes. Um, so now I live at a hundred feet and I'll be racing between 10 and 13,000 feet. But my, my excitement about this event is just connecting with the community because from, you know, pandemic and being pregnant and all those things, I really miss that. And, um, I'm, of course I'm excited to go out and be competitive and do my best, but connecting with others is the thing that I'm just so excited about for this race. (laughs) I love it. I love it. For those that want to learn more about you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, my website, sonyalooney.com has everything. I recommend uh, signing up for my newsletter. It's uh, sonyalooney.com slash newsletter, where it's everything health, um, performance, and well-being. And my podcast, The Sonya Looney Show. Those are things that I uh, put my heart and soul into. And I, I, I post on Instagram a bit too. Sonya Looney is my Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And we'll definitely share that in the show notes. So um, thank you so much again, Sonia, uh, for taking the time out. Um, you know, it's uh, very, very inspiring, you know, for someone uh, to do the many things and wear the many hats that you do. So thank you for what you do. And I hope you keep going with all of that and uh, often, you know, for better things in the future. All right. Thanks, Colin. guys thank you so much uh, for watching another episode if you like this please uh, share like and comment and if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else please let them know and until then please say goodbye to sonia Hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one.